Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Peeps podcast. You know, Woo-hoo. you're so excited. Thanks for coming. We're glad to have you here. Lots of happy, smiling up, faces around the table. Pull tonight. up a chair, kick off your flute, your shoes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and enjoy and we story get time. Sometimes we get giggly when it gets late at night. <laughs> yeah. just, just it's okay. So. Um, Anyway, tonight we're going to talk about another place we visited while we were in Montana. Obviously, you listened to the uh, Montana State uh, Prison uh, episodes that we've done. So, when we were leaving Montana, uh, Josh and Jamie really wanted to take us to somewhere that they've been to several times and thought was really cool. And I had no interest in going, I'll be honest. And when we got there, I was like, this place is really cool. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, Trust let's, let's Josh and out. Jamie. Well, I know. I, knew. I wasn't excited to go to the prison at first either, and I had a great See, yeah. time. That was one of my favorite investigations I've ever done. Um, so, yes, I'm trusting the the mighty Josh and the illustrious Jamie. They, will, they lead me into green pastures. Hold on, I gotta look up that word. No. Illustrious. <laughs> Too big of a at word. At any rate, so we're, we're, we went to this place. It's called. Bannock. Yes. Tell us about Bannock, Josh. It's a little town in the you middle of nowhere. Say that again. <laughs> um, Population what? Zero. Zero. Now. It's a ghost Two, town. The park rangers that stay there. They don't live. Th- well, I mean, they don't technically live there. They they stay on property, but I don't think they actually live there anymore. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it is southwest of modern day Dillon. Uh, Montana, and then uh, it is 70 miles southwest of Virginia City, Montana. So, and if you've ever been out in that area, ain't nothing out there but sage grass. There's like a farm. There was like some rancher's house we drove by. Well, there's a couple that. of those, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's lots of ranchers. No no restaurants, no gas stations. No cell service. No 7-Elevens. There was no cell service. There was none. 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 Uh, and there's lots of rattlesnakes out there, so if you really want to have some fun with some uh, slithery creatures, you can go find some of those. Not <laughs> recommended, though. No. As it is, like, 30 miles to the nearest town, or 23 miles-ish. So, and I don't even know if Dylan's got a hospital. And at that point, do they even have the anti-venom? <laughs> right? right? <laughs> but you know what Dylan did have? On the way up there, we noticed it because we were driving in the dark. They had a carnival there. And it was very exciting to be in the middle of nowhere. And it was dark. And you roll up this town. It's like, oh, look, carnival, Ferris wheel, (laughs) tilt whirl. (laughs) Yeah, we saw them in the daytime and they weren't lit up. Yeah. Yeah. And then isn't there a drive-in theater there? Or was that further up the road? That's further up the road. That's by Butte. Okay. Yeah, we saw that too. It was like, whoa, wait. (laughs) It's pitch black dark out here. There's no no lights along the freeway. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a Uh, drive-in theater. Was it (laughs) actually lit? Yeah, they were watching a couple of movies. We couldn't see what they were. Oh, that's Aww. so... I've never seen they had, that thing lit. They had I two, haven't either. They had two screens going at the moment. Oh, that's awesome. But I don't remember exactly where Okay, we're was. doing that next time. Right? right. Yeah, we're going to have to do that next time. So they also have a Taco John's in Dillon. Yuck. Ooh. Well, here's, here's like the other thing Jones. that they did have that they didn't have in Bannock. Just to, so I went to the restroom to go see, check out the restroom in there. At Bannock? In Bannock. Me and this other lady that were headed the same way at the same time, we both decided we'll wait and go to Dylan and then use the bathroom there. <laughs> yeah, I may or may was, not have used that one. It's it's the pit ones where there's the big pit underneath. The vault. And, yeah, yeah, I Josh I, and I went and used those mm-hmm. right when we got there. I it was used, awful. I have used a couple of those in Bannock. It's awful. You just really hope the fly doesn't go. Whoop. Oh, 
Explain that one to your doctor. Uh, it's, the wor- it's the worst when you have when you feel them land on your butt. I know. Been there, done that. It's like I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just I'm just glad there's not spiders in those ones because they, oh, that's they, what you know. That's true. Or ticks. Oh, I'm fine with ticks. Dude, we no, used, I don't we like spiders. All the time at Bear Lake, um, the the Bear Lake, North Beach, the Bear Lake State Park. My oh, gosh, yeah. always spiders. Yeah, yeah. I'm digging a cat hole at that point in time, or I'll just hold I mean, it. You gotta go. I'll hold it. I just determined I didn't have to go that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I digress. Back to Bannock. Back to Bannock. So we'll get into... Uh, Bannock's got a kind of a fun history. Um, it was actually populated for 100 years. So it was founded in 1862, and the last resident died in 1962. Um, unfortunately, she had the worst demise. Um, she got ran over by her own car. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so having been to this town, I mean, th- I'm imagining this place in like 1962. Was it a ghost town at, at that point? She was the last living person in Bannock. Why would you stay there? Well, because it's your home. Exactly. Well, nonetheless, maybe you, she likes to I've have nobody place. around her, set in her ways. Yeah, it's like living in. If you're if you're familiar with Utah, there's a place in Lagoon called Pioneer Village. It's like Pioneer Village, but like. A thousand times more dilapidated. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. <laughs> it's literally a ghost town. How could you just live there? I don't know. I don't know. I just, it would be just too eerie. It's like, there's the old abandoned hotel across the street. There's the old abandoned, there's the old abandoned jail. Maybe she was doing house. her own little ghost hunting at night. Yeah. Wow. She got the whole I city to herself. Right? She got ran over by her own car. <laughs> <laughs> They call that the Darwin Award. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I do not know how that happened. Uh, but she was ran over oh, by her own She car. probably didn't put it in park. And yeah. I can imagine if she's old enough and willing to live out there. I don't know. Yeah. What a crappy and, way to end. And the crazy thing is... so I was, was found 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking with one of the park rangers out there. And I was asking about weather. Like, what... like. Uh, because uh, so Bannock is a, is a state park. It's open year round, except for two days, wasn't it? Christmas, Christmas, and, and Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, those are the only days that my blood donor center is closed. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and you got to think this place is a desert. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So weather wise, yeah, it's awful. And so I asked her, I said, "How cold does it get in the winter?" So being from North Dakota, so the the uh, really awful neighbor to the east of Montana, right? Uh, I'm used to seeing cold weather. So I asked her, like, how cold does it get here? Because, like, you look at these buildings, and they're just, they're log cabins, right? Essentially, they're log Essentially, cabins. Yeah. And they had, like, a potbelly stove. And she's like, I've seen it as cold as negative 49. And my first question was, air temp or wind chill? Air temp. And she's like, that's air temp. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Can you imagine with windshield? Mm-mm. I couldn't. And so then I got back to thinking, and I was like, so you had these miners out there, right, living in there? And they had these, they have this place called Bachelor's Row, right? And it is, like, shanty town. Like, basically, you just put some boards up and... Let's hurry and uh, make a house. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how did you survive in 49 Below? Seriously. Oh. They cuddled. 
<laughs> they would have had to have. I don't At know. that point, you don't want to be a bachelor. <laughs> you want to try to find somebody <laughs> you can cuddle then, with. Even then, those are like the structures with boards and stuff. I mean, when this was in its heyday, this is like mostly a tent city, right? Right. So let's get into uh, when it was founded and who, by whom it was founded. Right? I know. I know. But you say. <laughs> but I say. Um, so it was founded by John White in July of 1862. Um and he was uh, one of the Pike Peakers. So the 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 Pikes, sorry, Pikes Peakers. Uh, the Pikes Peakers, um, they were actually a bunch of, of individuals who were going out to the gold mines uh, by Gold Creek. So for uh, Gold Creek is the the creek where gold was first found in uh, in Montana, and so. They were trying to go up there. Uh, Gold Creek is west of Deer Lodge, Montana. And so they were trying to go up there from, you know, from the south. So if, uh, they would come up from Utah, Idaho area. Um, and they got lost. You know, there's no road signs. There's no maps. And, you know, all the hills look the same. Let's face it. Like one it's hill of sagebrush. Oh, yeah. They find their way anywhere. Right. And so they got lost. And they got all spread out. Well... He ended up on uh, this creek named Willard's Creek, which uh, he renamed uh, Grasshopper Creek. Um, and why was that, Mike? Well, it was named Willard's Creek because back when Lewis and Clark went through the area, they named it Willard's Creek, probably after one of the men on their thing. And I'm sure that they made some sort of crude map. I don't know. But, yeah, these guys came upon it, and there was such a big grasshopper infestation that the guy named it the creek the Grasshopper. So it's a it's little. Like the creek is called the gr- the grasshopper. I'm like that sounds like a mine or a ice cream flavor or right. I don't know. <laughs> it's a pizza. It's yeah. the grasshopper. Yeah, or and a ride at an amusement park. There we go. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, so yeah, a little on point. It's like a little on the nose, right? It's like, look, there's a bunch of grasshoppers. Let's call it grasshopper. They were really imaginative. Very imaginative. <laughs> um, but since these guys were prospectors, right? I mean, they're looking for you know any gold in the in the ground basically right um and so they ended up finding they ended up doing some digging uh around the creek and they found gold and they're like hey you know we're not going all the way that way we'll just start digging here gold creek this is right this is our own gold creek yes and so they found their own uh their own diggings uh as they've been so uh wonderfully called and one of the things I thought was interesting was that it started off like with that first fall was, I believe it was 300, the residency was 300 miners there. It just boomed quick. By the next spring, it was like 4,000. Holy cow. It was crazy how much it just boomed. That's why they call it a boom town. Yep. And so what happened on that is a lot of people uh, were up in uh, Gold Creek. And so they had a little village and area up there. Um, and these, you know... We had a bunch of miners throughout Montana, and everybody up on Gold Creek learned that Bannock had a bunch of gold in it. Um, and at at that point in time, they called them the Beaverhead uh, the Beaverhead Mines. I don't know why, but they did. Uh, and so they decided to go down to the Beaverhead Mines because that uh, that's where the you know the money was. And so they all went down there, and, and that's why the boomed up. I'm imagining the movie Paint Your Wagon. And you have all these miners, they're all pulling into town. And as soon as things start to dry up a little bit, like, oop, there's a strike up here. Let's go there. 
and they just kind of descend like locusts, eat up all the resources, and then they move to the next town. And, and you know what? And that is like the reason why Bannock had a glory day and then a dissipation is because of that exact mentality. Because they were just really... Everybody was out there to make their buck, and so they, you know, the ones that were actually doing it honestly, like they would, when the when they felt the gold dried up, they would move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have some information. What's cool is uh, I have this book, and it's by Granville Stewart. Um, he is actually the one that reported the gold find on Gold Creek, um, and he spent forty years in Montana, um, and so he. He helped start the first cattle association. He actually was um, doing digging and in, uh, in mining over in uh, Deer Lodge Valley. He actually went to Bannock, lived in Bannock for a little while, and then actually subsequently moved on to Virginia City. And so he has some uh, interesting information about how Bannock was in its early days. So Before it was Montana. Before cool. it was Montana, yeah. Um, so I'll go through it in... Uh, it's a short couple uh, well short three paragraphs so um, said the Bannock mines were easily worked being mostly bars of gold bearing gravel on the banks of the creek lying at from 10 to 12 feet above the water in the stream at the edge of these bars there was but a thin layer of rich gravel on the underlying limestone bedrock and I several times saw the miners pull up the small sagebrush that grew on the edge of the bars and shaking off the sand in fine gravel that adhered to the roots into a pan, they, which they then carried to the creek and obtained, or sorry, which they then ter- carried to the creek and obtained from 25 cents to one dollar to the pan in small pieces of beautiful gold. This caused the saying at Bannock that you could pan gold out of the sagebrush. That would be fun, right? Have you ever been gold panning? Uh, with fake fool's gold, yeah. In oh. water, right? <laughs> yeah. Not in a sagebrush. <laughs> <laughs> like at a park <laughs> that you pretend. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you're looking out there at the prairie, you see all the sagebrush, and then it just shimmers when the sun comes up. And you're like, ah, oh, there's gold in them in our bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are rattlesnakes. Don't touch them. Um, so he said, uh, Bannock City during this winter grew gradually drew to itself the greater part of the people, then scattered over the region roundabout. And by spring, mining was assuming large por- uh, proportions. Many gamblers and desperate characters drifted in, lured by the prospect of acquiring gold dust without digging for it. It became custom to go armed at all times. So, you can see with prosperity, right, comes the... the That's why I go the armed when I go to Taco Bell. <laughs> What about someone to steal your chalupa? (laughs) Um, And this next part I found found the most uh, fascinating. It says, The miners of Bannock met and established a miners' court. B.B. Burchett was elected judge and Henry Crawford sheriff. So this is right in 1862 when it was founded. Um, A mining claim was 100 feet up or down the creek and as far out on each side as the pay dirt extended. They were numbered one, two, and etc. above or below the discovery as a case might be. Title to a claim was established by staking it and posting a notice and then taking it to the recorder and having it recorded. The claimant was then obliged to work his claim every day when water was available. An absence of three days constituted a forfeiture and the claim could then be jumped. 
In the case of sickness, the claim was protected until such time as the owner was able to resume work. The laws laid down by a miners' court were very simple and absolutely just. There was no appeal from the court's decision. Uh, these early-day miners were men of unquestionable honesty and integrity, and there was little disposition to infringe upon the rights of others. Uh, consequently, the law was followed to the letter. That's really interesting. You wouldn't like, find that now. Tom hasn't oh, been there no. for four days. It's mine now. Right. And, and Tom it, comes back on day five. It's like, what the heck? It's like, you left it. You left it. Yeah, you <laughs> left it. You had three days, man. So it's like, basically what it's saying is you get a weekend off. It's like, I had dysentery. At, Can you prove it? <laughs> <laughs> well, in a town of 300, I bet you know who's got dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> All those thin walls. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Ew. That's just interesting. That I, I wouldn't think that they would be as honest. Just from the world that we live in now. I mean, there's a lot of honest people. But I just... I don't know. It just surprises me with when there's money when it, on the line. Yeah, when there, when it comes to greed. When it comes yeah. to money. When it comes to things like that. Yeah, people, those are people kill each other over mm-hmm. just a claim. How did they just take a claim? They'll ruin like their not, own family yeah, to so get you, money. So how did you not... I mean, I can just see them like put a stick in, put a little note on it. This is mine. Yeah. And before they can get to the recorder's office, someone goes and goes, switch the notes. It's like, what are you talking about? That's mine. It's got my name on it. Yeah. I mean, it, that's I mean, that's the way we would think of it now, right? Or they just shoot him and then they're like, oh, he doesn't need it anymore. Can I have it? Yeah. <laughs> but if you, th- I mean, if you think like uh, Grasshopper Creek, uh, you know, it's it's in Bannock there, right? But if you noticed when you're driving up I ninety, you go over Grasshopper Creek. I did not notice. So you're talking 20 miles, ish. It was when I went up. It was over, it was in the dark, and it was yeah. I couldn't see much yeah. of anything. There's this little. Uh, it's not too. It's not too far south of the turn off to go to to go to Bannock, okay. but there's this little bridge, and it says Grasshopper Creek. Yep. I wouldn't even see. I didn't even know at the time when we were driving up there that it was called Grasshopper Creek. Oh, that wasn't okay. until you know after the fact when doing homework. Yeah. So you told me it was Grasshopper Creek. <laughs> so, uh, from from what I've re- I mean, from what I've read, like Bannock doesn't have like this great like glorious history, right? It existed for a hundred years, um, but there just happens to be one character uh, from Bannock's history that is notorious and uh, kind of puts its name on the map. So, and that is uh, Mr. Henry Plummer. Great grandfather to Christopher Plummer of Von Trapp fame. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't even know. The Von, the Von Trapps would have been. No, no they were in Austria. No, I'm talking about the, the actor who played Mr. Von Trapp. I never paid that close attention to the You actors. don't know? Oh, my gosh. Look, I've seen the movie a lot. I just didn't do that much. We, just, we did discover on this trip to Montana that. Terry and I watch a lot of movies and nobody else knows them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like talking about Brubaker. <laughs> You're like, yeah. what? What are you talking about? Robert Redford. Who? Oh, I know who <laughs> I Robert know who Redford that is. is. <laughs> Didn't he start like a festival here in Utah? Uh, yeah, maybe a small ne- one. Ne- yeah. Never been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. So, um,. Tell us about Mr. Plummer. So, after the initial sheriff, he didn't last very long as being sheriff. He, so, he. He stopped being sheriff, and Mr. Henry Plummer became sheriff. Um, and uh, 
there ended up being a bunch of like bad things that started happening in there. This uh, this road aging gang started running around uh, and uh, robbing stagecoaches, and uh, you know, generally just causing terror and murder and mayhem in the area. I have to say, road agents isn't exactly a name that strikes fear. It's like road agents. Road agents. <laughs> It sounds like a government firm, <laughs> right? It sounds like a roadie, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, these were the you know, I mean, back from the old westerns, right? These are the guys that would come up, ride up on horseback, mm-hmm. and uh, take down, uh, you know, hold everybody up and rob, rob them. the coach, rob the bank. Yep, all of that stuff. So uh, they were actually really talented in what they would do. Uh, in one of the cases, they would actually uh, on one of the stagecoaches they put a uh, a guy on the coach. And then they would stop at the the coach had to stop at this uh, location, like a like a refill station, right? So they get yeah. they get new horses and stuff, right? And they would get that guy in on it, and so they're like, "Oh, there's no horses. You're gonna have to stay here tonight." And so they'd purposely delay them, so that in the next day, with their new guy, with their you know person on board that's part of them, and then they would. Uh, you know, they would come and surround the the stagecoach, and the guy would be like, "Don't shoot!" You know, we'll give you anything you want, right? Being all innocent, and uh, come to find out, he was in on it too, just to get people to comply. It's awesome, <laughs> awesome until they do something stupid, uh, which you know these guys were bound to. Uh, Criminals so, always do. Always do. So in December of 1863, the road agent gang. Uh, Ended up cruelly killing a well-loved young man. Um, I don't know who the guy was. I haven't seen his name. Um, and then one of the ranchers found the, the body and brought it back into town. Uh, one of the people who lived in town, his name was Dick Pace. Uh, he said that this was the final straw. So they ended up forming up a posse or a vigilante group, right? And they went hunting these guys. So they took six weeks and hunted down and picked up these uh, these rogue these road agents, they tried them and hung them, um, and they hung at least twenty two men. So I don't know if they actually hung on the gallows that are located in Bannock, but I know that they were hung. Um, and so you know, as outlaws are, you know, prone to do, right? As soon as they get caught, it's not me. You want that guy, right? One of them ended up. Finger, fingering uh, Henry Plummer means he pointed him out. Yes, nothing dirty here. <laughs> he, he implicated <laughs> yes sheriff. Yeah, Henry he, Plummer. He implicated the sheriff. So that's brilliant, though. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It right? Sounds like politics these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they went and picked him up. They actually th- uh, threw him in his own jail. Right. So there's a jail in in town. That so he built. that he built. Um, and then the next day they hung, they brought him out to the gallows that he built and hung him. Yes. But what did he tell them before they hung him? So before they were able to hang him or before they hung him, right? We kind of get that, Hey, you know, do you have any last words type of deal? Right. I regret that I have, but one life to give for my, never mind somebody else. Yeah, it was somebody else. Uh, he said, uh, give me two hours and a horse, and I will return with my weight in gold. Ooh. And be- That's a tempting proposition. Right? And before 
anything else came of it, they hung him. They kicked the stump out from under him. And that was it. It's like, that's a lot of gold, which means he knew that there was where there was a lot of gold. Well, they they stole a lot of gold. Well, basically, he admitted. Maybe they were like. <laughs> yeah. That he had it. Yeah. Well, maybe they were like, yeah, we got enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was like, am I really going to give you a horse in two hours time? Like, if I give you two hours, you could be anywhere. You well, would they, have they to could. have a bunch of people with him to make sure he wouldn't take well, off. Yeah, you oh, you would have to. It's like, it's a group. Let's go. Yeah. Um, if you give us 300 pounds in gold, I don't know how big he was, but I don't know. Let's say like 150. I mean, it's like when they're finding like turning in gold in like ounces. You have to have your weight in gold. That's a lot. That is a lot. Especially in their 1800s. Yeah. Uh, that would have been, you know, several thousands of dollars of gold, which. Um, Maybe even more than that. Maybe like I I saw a, a thing where they somebody took out, googled the exchange rate for gold in 1862. <laughs> Actually, which which is interesting is I got a, in this book. There's a ledger of gold that was taken out of these areas. So Ophir um, had uh, that's a town in Utah. Just you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's your about. It had uh, two million dollars worth of gold taken out of it. And I equated, I, I did the math on it to uh, or find the exchange rate on it, what it would be today, and it was it was like uh, seven and a half million dollars. So it's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So and they they were just trading in gold dust, is what they were doing. So it's just it's like wow, that is nuts. So, um, and his gold has never been found. Um, there was a story back uh, from 1900 or 1902. Two men showed up in town with uh, two trunks, and uh, they put them in the uh, the vault area, um, which that building isn't there. I don't think the building's there anymore. But uh, one guy sat on them the whole night, and they left town and never were seen again. So, interesting. Did they find his gold? Possibility. Yeah, they, they had something valuable in those. Like you wouldn't just, you know, leave an armed person on them the whole time. Hmm. So, um, we'll never know. We will never know. So, in 1862, an ounce of gold was worth twenty-seven dollars and thirty-five cents. But you have to look at what the value of twenty-seven dollars was in 1862. A like horse. $27. That's like a, a team of horses, probably. No, I one, don't know. One horse? One horse. Uh, horses in 1862 were going anywhere from $20 to $100. So a crappy horse. With 20 bucks. Was, yeah. Rifles were being sold anywhere from 20 to $40 a piece. But this is also the frontier where you need... Uh, it's hard to survive. Well, it's demand. This thing. is life. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like you have like a mercantile everywhere. No. And the thing is, is that... They're far and few between. In 1862... Um, Montana wasn't a state. In fact, it wasn't even part of the U.S. at that time. They talk about constantly uh, talking about in the in this book about going back to the states, which means actually going back into like Nebraska and Iowa area. So like this still wasn't even considered part of the U.S. at that time. They didn't even consider them part of the U.S. Like there were the Civil War was being fought at this time, right? And they're just out there mining gold. So, and they had no monetary system except for gold dust. So that's how go. that was the that was the time that was the the 
instead of getting shot at by another army, they're getting shot at by Indians and yep, and the road agents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of the things I thought was interesting was in the saloon there in town. Um, I believe it was the road agents. One of their things that they had was a kind of a code. It was like a, a number that they would give, and it would kind of identify yourself as a road agent. And if you knew what it meant, um, they nobody seems to know for sure what it is. Um, and I've, I got some of this information from the saloon there, and then the other information was in the auto museum up there in uh, Deer Lodge. And is the number is three dash seventy seven sorry three dash seven dash seventy seven so three seven seventy seven, and the leading uh, theory on it is is that it was three feet wide, seven feet long, and seventy seven inches deep, which is what a grave is, which all criminals know where they're going, and so basically it was kind of a I'll die before I you know. I'll die before I tell. Die before I tell type of a thing. Interesting thing about that is in that auto museum in Deer Lodge, there was a 19, circa like 1970 highway patrol car. <laughs> so it was old blue, you know, something like some of the Dukes of Hazard, like Roscoe P. Coltrane used to drive. Oh, anyway, yeah. So, and there was a big plaque there. And on the Montana State Troopers badges to this day, um, in honor of that old tradition there's three dash seven dash 77 it's on all of the, the montana it's on their their seal and so it's on all of their badges is that three seven, wow. seven that's crazy interesting yeah interesting kind of anyway yeah kind of interesting okay sorry, so continue. um so the demise of bannock right i mean this is a boom town right for gold right so the only thing that's going to stop it from being a boom town is either the gold runs out or a richer claim gets found. And that's what ended up happening, uh, is that Virginia City, gold gets found. The rumors come out that people are taking $1,000 a day in gold. Wow. That's a lot, right? It's like a wagon load. Exactly. Uh, and so everybody leaves, they pack up their stuff, and they go to Virginia City. And that pretty much spells the end and of... there's like 20 honest people that are left behind with this yeah. giant town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people obviously stayed around, right? They had uh, they had merchantiles and butchers, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, people growing their families and exactly um, running the school and whatnot, right? And so, not everybody would go, and it, it was only seventy three miles from Virginia City. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that really took the boom out of of Bannock at the time, and everyone kind of dwindled down from there. And then you had the one poor lady left over. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things that they did have there, they did also have a a um, Masonic lodge that they actually had there, a lodge chapter there, and it still is there. And, and it's above the school. It's above the school, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was the uh, again going back to that number? You know what the lodge number is? Is it lodge three? number three seven seventy seven? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So um, yeah, in fact, a lot of the people in town were Masons. Um, so one of the neatest places is this uh, cabin that was built by a Frenchman um, and if you look at the corners of all the cabins right the most all of them are uh, either a single dovetail which is a uh, triangle slot cut right or just a square uh, ends on it right but his was the double dovetail right so it's this triangle essentially on the ends and everything fits together super nice and super tight um 
and his is the only cabin that has that there. And, when, and remember, this is, you know, 1800s, right? These are all hand-hewn logs. That would have taken a lot of work. Yeah. It shows the craftsmanship. But skill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we see that now. I mean, just even some of the old buildings. If you go to, like, to, to Scotland, right? I love Scotland, but you look at some of the things, and they built, they're built to last. Things are built to last. So yeah. just because they didn't have technology then doesn't mean they were stupid and lived in... Well, and what was cool, too, is you would go through and they would insulate their houses with newspapers, and there's cool newspaper clippings in there, huh, Jamie? Yes, like, you know, that season's uh, women's swimsuits. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. And it's uh, it's uh, ironic that that's the only piece of that paper that's available to see, yes. right? <laughs> Where was that? Uh, one of the back cabins. You guys didn't go... It's, uh, it's um, off the main... So if you're going oh, up the main way, Road. no, it's past Bachelor's Low, Row in the back. Oh, it's like yeah. White House back there. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep. It's like swimsuit edition, and it, she is fully clothed. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Down, She's no. in a dress, man. <laughs> She's got bare ankles. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to swim in something like no, that? You'd be, be way down. Talent. Well, she also had a parasol, too. Yeah, that was yeah. Different. Swim with a parasol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's beachwear. You don't take you don't take that in the pool. Um, the other thing too that's it's really neat is uh, so they would put they they put cardboard down. They'd put the newspaper down, and they'd always layer it right. And then some of the houses they would lay fabric yeah over the walls. And there's one house and I and I'm, that had these like I don't know super creepy drawings and the fabric. Oh, the faces. Yeah. They draw yeah. little faces in the wall. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh. Yeah. Super creepy. Um, but I went back into that house, and they're not there anymore. I know. I looked for them, too. I, I didn't see them. So that was really sad. But I do have pictures of them. Yeah, they're super creepy. If we can find them, we'll post them on, on uh, oh, our yeah. Facebook page Yeah, for you guys all to see. Um, so let's talk about the town. We were we there. We visited. Um, just one thing before we jump into where this the, or did you have more to talk about the town? No, go ahead. Um, so the town, um, again, my lovely wife, Terry, who's not with us today. Uh, she is uh, doing some stuff with the daughter. So Coco. We never really introduced her. Who's here today? Because <laughs> <laughs> actually, we're, you know, actually we're recording this just after we recorded the Montana State Prison <laughs> one. So. It's all the same people. All the same people. Terry is still not here. But uh, we miss her. But anyway, she uh, did send me some information. The town of Bannock is spelled B-A-N-N-A-C-K, which is really weird. Does uh, If you're familiar with the Western U.S., you've heard of probably the Bannock Indian tribe. They were a Paiute tribe over the uh, eastern Oregon, Nevada, Utah, Idaho area. And that's what they actually named the town after, but it's spelled with an O-C-K. And in 1863, they sent a form or an application to the United States government to name the town to be an official town. And somebody in Washington, D.C. couldn't read the writing and inadvertently changed the O in Bannock to an A and then filed it as Bannock with an A. So now it's Bannock or Bannock. I don't know. But anyway, interesting pieces of info, I thought. But anyway, so as far as the town, what did you guys see? We walked through, we went into different places, um, Elisa, you see things and, you know, what have you guys experienced? Why is it a ghost town other than just a creepy abandoned wow. town out in nowhere? Yeah, like, why don't you guys talk about the things that you experienced before this year? Make it scary. It's a ghost town. So once in the dark. 
Oh. I've never been in the dark. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> been in the lightning. <clears throat> the lightning and the thunder and the wind. Yeah, and the daylight, but never in the yeah, dark. No. Um, but uh, there's there's the Hotel Mead there, um, and they have a, a more what I don't know famous haunting, I guess that you could say that's there. The, yeah, it's rumored. Yeah, it's rumored, um, and that's uh, a gal by the name of Dorothy Dunn. Um, she was 16 when she died. Um, and uh, she was going to go bathe with her friends in the Grasshopper Creek. Um, and uh, she ended up stepping into a dredge hole, which is... Well, all three of them did. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So these young girls, they they you know, I think they're all about... Well, Dorothy Dunn's about 16. I don't know the other two. I don't think they ever said. I have the impression they were all teenagers, though. Mm, I don't know that the other two were. But anyways, uh, they went down there in the creek to bathe and, you know, they had dredged in that spot and these girls couldn't swim. And on knowing that that spot was deeper uh, than what they anticipated, they stepped in, they went under. There was a young man that was walking by and he noticed them in distress and he was able to save two of them. Um, And then he wasn't able to get to Dorothy Dunn in time. Uh, by the time they pulled her out, she was gone. Uh, they ended up taking her back to the Hotel Mead. Um, but yeah, she's said to haunt haunt there. Because yes. I, apparently I, I heard that her mother had worked there at the Hotel hmm. Mead. I haven't heard that, but... Mm. Can it's you imagine working book. there and yeah. then coming across yeah. everyone carrying your daughter inside? Right, exactly. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to create a lot of emotion and a lot of energy in that place. Yeah. And it's said that they've caught a couple EVPs. I mean, I listen to one where, you know, it's where you go up the spiral staircase because there's that big, elegant mm-hmm. staircase. But those top doors were shut at the time. Nobody was allowed up there. Sometimes they are shut and you're not allowed upstairs. Um, but, uh, and I can't remember who it was, but he had went up there and I thought it was... Baggins, but I don't. I don't think it was. I don't know. Um, anyways, I know yeah, he was saying something through the door, and you heard her. You know, he said something. Are you like chicken or something? Why don't you, you know, show us your hair or let us, you know, hear you? And she said something like little chicken and giggled, and it sounded like it was just on the other side of that closed door. Never mind. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I thought you were talking about something else. No. <laughs> Um, and then I think some people have claimed to have captured images of, of Dorothy on the staircase. Yeah, that I don't know. I haven't heard that. So, um, <clears throat> On the Ghost Adventures one, there was an investigator they interviewed who said he was pushed down the stairs by Dorothy. That doesn't seem he, like that would be Dorothy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But then he was, he goes, if I'd have been to the left, I would have fallen all the way down the stairs. I was, because I was to the right, I was able to catch myself on the railing. Maybe it was just. Oh yeah, and he seemed he seemed spooked. But I think when with situations like that, they're just assuming it's the one ghost that they've heard about. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's like Ghost Adventures. They hear about one ghost, and then the whole time it's. That's their Is focus. this Dorothy? Are you Dorothy? Dorothy, can you do this? It's like, what about the other five thousand ghosts that are here that are right. willing in to play? Town, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to figure like there's so many different people that have died in that town. It's a hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like the one person. Like the cemetery's full of bodies. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the ghost adventures way. Yeah. Um but 
Sorry. It's getting late. Um, you become more snotty when it gets late? I'm always snotty. Ew, gross. <laughs> uh, story of my life. So, my first paranormal experience happened in that hotel. And now when I say paranormal experience, I mean as uh, more as an adult in that avenue. Um, was this pre-investigator, Josh? This was this yeah. was investigator curious Josh at the time. Because I actually had a digital recorder on, on me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were in that hotel. And uh, we went on a normal... Actually, we, I think we went on a weekday. Yeah, it was pretty darn empty. Yeah. Uh, if you go on a weekday to Bannock, uh, even in the summertime, it is a, I mean, it's a, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we were in there, and uh, I think we were like one of eight cars in the parking lot. Um, so, and I was in the back uh, kitchen area, uh, and I was kind of in, uh, right by where the hallway enters in. And I see this black orb, you know, about like this. So, you guys, for all you at home, size of a softball. Yeah, about the size of a softball, and it goes in. It goes uh, up one of the doors and then in. So, uh, if you're coming from the front of the building, on the there's a this little like I don't know little room right to the right hand side. Uh, it went into that room, and I was like, "Well, that was really weird." So, I walk over. I'm like, "The first thing you know, you want to do is try to debunk it, right?" Yeah. So it's a sunny day. I'm like, bird, right? Bird will cast a shadow. So I walk over to the window and I take my hand up. And this is where Jamie finds me. As I'm doing, I was running my hand up and down the window, creating a She's shadow. Like, what the freak are you doing? And I'm like, okay, no, it's, I mean, I can create it. But it's not But it's not dark. even dark. It's yeah. like, it's there, but it's, it's a tenth of the darkness of this ball. And I'm like, that is really cool. And yeah. of course, you know, personal experience because, you know, I didn't have anything on me at the time running. That's where a majority of ghost hunting is, is personal experience. I know. That's why it we keep coming back. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Trying to document the things that we've seen and experienced. And yep. Yep. Plus just being a junkie to have it happen again. And, and <laughs> the crazy thing is that's not, the, that's not the only paranormal experience we had on that trip to Bannock. No, it's not. It's, it's one of a handful of small, yep. small ones. So what happened after that? Well, I remember we were going... Well, we had my brother with us. No, that was before your brother. No, was it? Yeah, it was. It was just you well, and I. Well, you're talking about the closet. I'm talking about the closet. Ah, so we go in this one house, and I don't even remember which one it was. It's the fancy house on the left. All right. Well, good enough. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Everyone knows that house. It is. <laughs> Hold on. That's the one you don't go trick-or-treating to. Actually, I wouldn't go trick-or-treating any of those houses. You ain't going to get nothing. Are you done? It would be I got nothing. in the dark, though. Oh, it's the Rogue Graves house. The Rogue Graves house? The Rogue Graves house. Okay, so we were in the Rogue Graves house, and Josh and I were just kind of looking around. We come across this doorway, and it reminds you again, it's, it's a beautiful, bright, sunny day, so a lot of these buildings we're going into are very lit. Um... We kind of look in this one doorway, and it's like pitch black. And we're thinking, what is this? Um, we're thinking, I mean, I don't know. It was so black, you could not 
see what was in there. And it's like, oh, I don't want to step through here. I can't see anything. See, and that's the darkness that we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Where it just gets so dark. It's like a thick dark. Can't penetrate it with nothing. So I happen to have a nice camera on me with a really nice flash. And so I kind of put it in front of me and I hold down the button just enough to let the, like it'll click and then the lights will kind of flash. And without taking a picture... Um, and even with this light coming, you know, shooting into there, we can't see anything. You still can't tell what this is, what room, you know, where this goes. Um, I inadvertently, though, in the process of using the flash, snapped off a couple of quick photos. And as I went back and looked at them, um, there's like this white mist that's there. It's only in the first picture. It is not in the second picture. Oh, that's cool. So when we came back, what was it, the following year? The following year, yeah. We came back and we went back to that house thinking, oh, we're going to go, let's go see if we can get something again. But you could see in it and you could plainly see it was this small closet with a couple of doors off the hinges leaning up against in there. It's a two foot deep by three foot wide closet. Yeah. It's That's all it was. It's tiny. But what was in there that made it so dark that you couldn't penetrate it, no matter what? This was daylight, right? When you when you broad daylight, bright, sunny, beautiful. So that would eliminate enough that you could see the back wall. Exactly. Which crazy. Which this last time we went there, we showed Elisa that closet. Yeah. And it was like, here's this closet. You You don't even have to stand in the same room and you can see inside it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just so that's crazy cool that it got that dark in there. Yeah, no. and I, I do like that you mentioned that. Yeah, when you take pictures, um, especially if you're doing a paranormal investigation, you always take them in sets of like three. You uh-huh. know, because that way, if something is in one picture and not in another, you know, then or if it moves across the screen in the different pictures, then or if it stays in the same, or if it stays, it's yeah. just easier to debunk or to see yeah. you exactly what things are. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it's in one and not another one, that's very curious. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that's so, cool that, that that white mist was in one, but not in the not other. in the yeah. second yeah. one. Because you know, yeah. like generally, if it if you find if you, when you take pictures and you see them, see something in the same spot and it doesn't ever move, and mm-hmm. you go back and you try to take pictures, then you can rule it out. Right. Ghosts are quick. They're quick. It's like Speedy oh, little devils. He's like, shoot, got a picture of me, gone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> in the second one, so. And that was our that was our first ever trip to Bannock. My first ever trip to Bannock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been there before. Once. Yeah. So, um, and we bought a digital recorder. We did. Uh, for for yeah. the the purpose of doing some EVP sessions, and I yeah. did a very short EVP session in that room that I saw the 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 orb go into, and I felt stupid. You always do starting off. So. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Embrace the stupid. Right? Uh, oh, exactly. That's how it works. Um, but you do feel weird, right? And then, you know, it's a little more self-conscious, too, because you got other people walking around. And so it's like, I don't want someone walking by and having me sitting there in, the, in this room on the floor talking to myself. That's why I always waited. Because it was such uh, a dead day there, like, you know, no real people, like eight cars in the parking lot. I just wait them out. Because most people you'll find they'll come in, they'll go through real quick, and they're out, and they're on to the next. Right. So yeah, and and that day the upstairs was not open. No, it was not open. It was locked. We never got to go upstairs. So this is where it's fun to have stuff with you, like dowsing rods, right? I'm a big proponent. I love dowsing rods, 
But you could go in there. I could sit in there, and I don't know if, how the park rangers would feel about us doing it during the day. But I, I that could, I don't know. But I could sit there on the floor, and I if I could get down on the floor, I'm a little fat. But um, if I could sit there somewhere, and like someone comes walking in, I could just ask questions. Say, hey, you guys want to ask a ghost any questions? <laughs> you know, and then people probably give you a weird look. And then they go away. Yeah. <laughs> or they can go really say like, yeah, it's like, yeah, ask anything you want. And then they turn into investigators. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is an awkward thing. I like that you mentioned that. We I used to be on a different team. We used to do public ghost hunts and it was always frustrating because I'm leading these group of new people and nobody will ever ask any questions because they all feel stupid. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Self conscious, yeah. Yep. And once you get past the fear, man, yeah. This is a wild ride. And, and the <laughs> it's way fun. the way I always describe it to people who are new, like I did this with Travis too when we were talking about EVP sessions. I said, Look, you're gonna feel weird asking questions. It's like because you're gonna feel like you're talking to the dark. And like, and you know what? That's okay. Cause a lot of the times you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you just once you understand that it's just you know, you know you're you're hoping to hear something, then it, then uh, you just kind of understand that it's just you know when you're gonna listen back to it, you're gonna, all you can hear is yourself talking most of the time. Yeah, and it's fun just because it brings back memories. You're like, oh yeah, I remember exactly how I felt when I said that. Exactly. Okay. It's like, oh, that was so much fun. Relive it. Um, but yeah, that was all. I think that was all that happened to us. Our first trip together yeah there and we we got a few evps when we took stacy back we did which was the following year yeah yeah so um we brought the digital recorder back with us the same digital recorder in fact i actually still have that digital recorder um is it like in a glass case this, this <laughs> was the tired. this was the recorder we had when we first started. this was the og no it's, that's <laughs> like baby shoes no it's actually in a in a in my case i bring with us all the time to investigate we still use I it you still use it it's no. So it's tough because, like, now, like, everyone, like, all of these files we get for these, you know, digital recorders, you usually do, like, an MP3 format or a WAV format. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a VOC format. What's that? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, But you have to download a special software that costs money to convert it. Oh, geez. Um, And so it's like... Yeah. So, like, don't use it a whole lot. But we've gotten great EVPs on it. Um, So, but that one, I just turn it on. And we went through the t- went through the city. Well, we didn't. We weren't meaning to leave it running the whole time. It was that accidental. we took Stacy. It was totally accidental, and we just ended up catching like I think three or four EVPs. Three, yeah. No, and a lot of wood steps. A lot of, lot wood, of steps. wood steps everywhere you step. It's like crazy loud. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's board, old. It's, and it's, it's not like boardwalk been done. planks. Like all of the yeah. sidewalks are boardwalk planks, and so yeah. you sound like you're. Running across the gymnasium floor with, I mean, you're wearing sneakers, right? And you're like, <laughs> um, ain't nobody sneaking up on you. No, no. Uh, unless they're not living. <laughs> but the the first place we got there was this old, uh, and it's actually open now, I think. Uh, but there was this old like apothecary shop, and so uh, Stacy in his former work life used to be like a medical delivery guy, boy, guy, man. Person, individual. Person. Person. We're in 2020 now. That's true. He's a he. He was an individual that delivered meds to people, Um, and so I was just kind of like you know razzing him a little bit, and he's like, "Yep, doomed in life, doomed in this life, and doomed in the the first in the previous one type of deal." Uh, And then we get this EVP that goes, "What?" It was a man. It was a man. You hear what? It was a whisper. It was very quiet. 
And then we walked into, I was walking into the, the, the row house, the, one with, the same one we got the shadow in, right? Yep. And I was first, Jamie was behind me, and then Stacy was behind her. And I'm kind of dictating as we're walking. And I walked into this pantry, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is where they held their, you know, you know, vegetables and whatnot. And I get the same male voice go, what? Same thing. Oh, cool. Same voice. Yeah. See, that's when when you're doing a spare box session, you're listening and looking mm-hmm. for that same voice that you can hear over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It was so cool. Well, and then we went back by a blacksmith shop. Yeah, and that's oh. behind... Uh, Kind of behind the the Mead, uh, the Hotel Mead, back yeah, in that section, mm-hmm. just back away, Rattlesnake Row uh, area. Yep. Um, and we were just kind of looking at all the stuff they had up on the walls. They had a bunch of tack and stuff in there. And then we got this EVP of a horse. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, when they exhale through their nostrils and they make like that. Mm-hmm. Sound? That's mm-hmm. what it was. I, I do that all day. That's cool. It was awesome. Yeah. I was like, because there's no horses out there right. these days. So, Did it start yeah. with Well, I mean, we didn't hear it at the time. It was an EVP, so we're like, playback. We're like, that's cool. That, that was is cool. Really if you heard cool. it live, and then you heard, like, felt like the nuzzle of, like, the horse on your Oh, I, I would have been staying neck, there forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would have pooped. Ghost no, I would have been staying there. in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got another one up in the Masonic Lodge as well. Oh, I We were talking we about the pie safe. I don't remember what it said, though. I don't either. But I remember we got What's the one. pie safe? Tell us about the pie safe. So uh, we actually got to go in the Masonic Lodge. So the Masonic Lodge is closed off, right? There's there's mm-hmm. doors that you can look through. But we actually um, we talked to the park ranger. Um, it's a dude with the long hair. If you ever watched the Ghost Adventures episode, he's the one that they're, he's interviewing, being interviewed. Um, we talked to him. And I asked, hey, can we go up into the Masonic Lodge? He's like, yeah, I'll take you guys up there. And so we went up uh, into the Masonic Lodge, and in this corner is what I was like, what is that? So there's this square box, uh, more like rectangle, like tall rectangle, um, like a small bookcase-looking thing, right? And it had this tin on the outside, and the front of it uh, it was kind of ornate, and it had all these little holes punched in it. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's a pie safe. I'm like, what is a pie safe? Because, like... Somebody's going to steal your pie? Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to steal your pie? My hostess oh, pie. Oh, I'm sure it happens. <laughs> oh, I'm well, sure. I can't wait. This guy's talking too long. I want my pie. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, what is it made out of? It's the wood pie? and tin. Yeah. Flour, water, yeah. sugar. <laughs> fruit. Stop. <laughs> um, well, you know, and, and, you know, silly me for thinking that people just put their pies on their windowsill. Like, that's what, well, that's how they get stolen. That's how Bugs Bunny told us what it happened. <laughs> that's, that's how they get that's stolen. That's how people get abducted. Haven't you seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? <laughs> yes. No. That's how Dorcas got. No, no. Alice. I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what you do is you'd put your pie in the pie safe, and it would allow it to cool, but the little ho- the little holes allowed the air to escape, so it would cool. Um, but the but flies-, it, flies couldn't get in. Yeah. So it's a way to protect your pies from, from, from the flies. flies. Which flies. I'm sure which I'm sure with all the horses in town. Oh, I bet there were a, a lot, lot of flies. Oh, even the people I mean, how often did you bathe? You didn't. Once a year if you were good. Well, again, remember they had a creek they can go bathe in, so like it was easier for them then. Yeah, but they still stink. Oh of course. There's no deodorant. <laughs> it's 1800s, <back> there. Yeah. 
Like, you didn't bathe often. Good smelly shampoo and conditioner That's and body right. soap body and wash. Yeah. Loofahs. So what was interesting though is they had a lot of dances in town in, in Bannock in the in the oh, 1862. That'd be so, fun. so there was a couple fiddle Dance. players. Yeah. What? Dancing? Yeah. That'd be a blast. So here's what's interesting about it, right? Is that they had a couple fiddle players come along, right? And these people would hold this couple would hold these dances, and it was like five dollars gold to, to go to the dance, and there was no food uh, provided. But there weren't that many women in town, and so uh, the guys would either have to dance with a woman or another guy. Yeah, that and, actually, so and they just didn't care. It's right? not that uncommon. Dancing no. was just fun no. to do anyway. Yeah. Right, so it was social. And their their fancy best was a nice flannel shirt. Oh, man, I'd love it. I think it'd be so dang fun. <laughs> so, yeah, they, so they, you know, they had fun stuff back then. Um, oh, just yeah, different. They, lived, they lived, actually back. If you know much about the like the pioneer history, they lived to party and have dances. Yeah, it was it was the highlight of life. Yeah, and they didn't take hard. much, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't like, take much. Two fiddle players, and they're out there sitting, they're sitting and they're dancing, and I don't okay, know how I would many. Hate to be that fiddle player. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. You would never get a break. <laughs> no. Yeah, but do you think you got a cut though? Like if 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 the cover was five bucks a, a head, right? Do you think they got a couple couple? Yeah, couple but bucks could you to... imagine how long you'd have to be playing for? And you'd never get to go out and go dance. You'd have to be stuck oh, playing the fiddle enjoy, every time. I think they enjoyed yeah. watching the people dance. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, I would hope so. But even I mean, just simple, you know, play your harmonica again, Jim. It's like Jim sucks at harmonica. Nobody wants to hear that. It's like. <laughs> No, play the harmonica, Jim. We need it. <laughs> we need something to entertain something. us. Something to distract us from the dreary life of living on the prairie. Um, That's simple choice, though. Yep. So, uh, next, or last year after we went to uh, our investigation, right? Do you need something? Nope. Okay. I was looking at my wife, and she's like looking at you. I'm like... I'm just listening. Okay. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just looking around. <laughs> um, so last year after our investigation at Deer Lodge, we stopped off at Bannock again. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of make it like this little fun little trip piece. And uh, we had some paranormal stuff happen to us then too as well, didn't we? Well, I recall one thing for me anyways. Yeah, that was only the one thing we had. Oh, well, you said some. Well, it's some as in one for me and one for you. Yeah. Well, so we were in, the, again, we were in the Hotel Mead, and Josh was kind of in the back kitchen area, and I kind of walked back there, and he said he felt like something ba- was back there. And I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, and then we start kind of walking towards uh, the next room over uh, to the back staircase leading upstairs. And as I walked, by this one spot it's cold and i hear a woman like right in my right ear say welcome so oh that's cool that was pretty cool yeah and it was right in the spot that i said that someone was standing yeah which i didn't realize it was that exact spot he just said he felt something back over there and i was like i wasn't even paying attention i was just like oh cool yeah so did you know you can see through the pop filters yeah i was sitting there like (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting goofy (laughs) it's late (laughs) Like, so, anyway. yeah, and so that that kind of rounds up our like our paranormal experiences there. I mean, it's definitely a place I want to go investigate. Um, but this year when we went, it sounds like Elisa had some stuff that happened. If you don't have the funding of Discovery Channel, 
Will they let you investigate there? Yes. Will they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You just got to get a hold of them. Yep. We're working on that. They don't... In fact, they used to, at Halloween, have an overnight there. And there's this cool photo, if you go into the gift shop and you ask to see it. Yep. It's of the group of them all dressed up in their Halloween costumes on Halloween night. Why didn't but we there's an extra. But there's an extra something there. An extra minor there. There's an extra minor. Dang, we should have looked at that. Yeah. Night in panic makes the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's also a picture of the chapel. Yes. uh, Because they let investigators go in there, and so the investigators were in there one night, and a guy was standing up at the. uh, Yeah, I've seen this one. The pulpit, and he takes a picture. Oh yeah, and there was one person sitting in the seats. There's there's, there's two people sitting over on the side. Yeah, and then there's a white. Mist of a person sitting in there too, sitting in one of the seats. Yeah, so cool. That's yeah. a really cool one. Yeah. So, and they don't hide. Uh, Bannock doesn't hide from their uh, their haunted history. Well, it brings people, right? Well, it does, but they just don't like they don't straight up advertise it either. Like, no, you can if you have to ask to see the pictures. Yep. Like, they don't just post them everywhere. And I think that's because they don't want to scare the general population. Yeah, there's people that get creeped out. There's people I work with that, like, I was like, hey, you guys want to see a picture of this? And like, I don't want to see it. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. And the other one's like, let me see. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone has their different uh, the different pieces, how they feel about the paranormal. But uh, go ahead, Elisa. Tell yeah, us what, about what about this time. What happened? What happened? So this time, because it's my only time I've ever been. So um, we went... Obviously, we kind of made our loop around, but we went into the Old Mead Motel, Hotel, whatever you want to call it. The Hotel Mead. Hotel Mead. And um, we walked in and walked up some stairs, and I was with Mike, and just felt some, like, dude just staring at me in the corner, like, Leaning up against the wall, staring at me, and I'm like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Standing, she goes, "Oh, hello!" And I'm like, oh, "There's somebody there, she's like, yeah, right there over there." She points over the corner, like, oh. because sometimes I wonder if if it's like because they know when you know that they're there, right? Yeah. So, kind of like took them for surprise, like, you know, I'm there. You can see me. <laughs> <laughs> hello. So, um, and then. Uh, downstairs there's a vault so I went downstairs in the vault and I was just by myself and I was like I'm just gonna do a little EVP session real quick just to see I'm not even gonna say anything I'm just gonna sit here and keep it on let's see what I can get and so I did catch an EVP and we're going to try and play it and see if you guys can hear if not just edit this part out So what it is, is somebody saying hello. So it's really breathy, which most EVPs are. And it's a hello. Real quick. Say it one more time. Or not say it. Play, play it. it. I will play it. Play it one more game. Well, that was right at the beginning of it. Yep, right at the beginning. I hear a lot of the hell, I don't hear the oh as much. It's, yeah, it's it like, drop, it drops off. 
Yeah. That's cool. Interesting thing about this vault is uh, this vault was in, this was in the hotel. It's actually uh, a vault where they actually locked up all the children inside there to protect them from an Indian raid that happened. And so it's interesting that there were, are often children's spirits seen in the hotel. Oh, wow. I can't imagine there were a lot of spirits. It's not a big vault. I mean, not a lot of not a lot of children because that's not a big vault. <laughs> Wasn't there one on each side, like in yes. the front room, and then there's a back room, and yeah. there's another vault on the other side. I didn't see the vaults. Yeah, yeah, well, I didn't notice them. Right when you walk in the door on the left hand side, there's a big old vault. Mm-hmm. I was enamored by the big staircase on the right. <laughs> it's hard not to be. Yeah, it's such a cool staircase. Like, I don't know. It is. Yeah, yeah. But so there's a there's a vault on each side. Yeah, but there's still like. I don't know. There's not that much room in there. How many kids can you really fit in there? But at the same time, it's like... I don't know. If it, probably it was, like 10 kids in so there. So before it was the hotel, though, it was like the county courthouse. And so it would make yeah. sense to have a big vault there, especially if there was like some sort of treasury stuff going on. Right. That might be where the miners would take their gold and convert it into money. Yep. So maybe that's where they... Hack, I don't know. Maybe. It's, like There's some mining offices in town, too. I, I, yeah. I thought the the mining offices were that, that probably, would happen. Probably. Probably. Um, but yeah, also forgot to mention this earlier. But Bannock was the first capital of Montana. Yeah. Hmm. So it was uh, voted the first capital. So it was the first state capital of Montana when it was a state. Now it's now it's Helena. But very interesting. So then next, um, walking around the houses and everything, really cool. But then I got to uh, the their old gel. And nobody was around me, so I'm like, perfect invitation for me to go over and do another EVP session. So I'd kind of been doing it a little bit throughout. And um, but these these two were the two places that I caught EVPs. And mind you, I'm only doing this for uh, a minute and t- thirty seconds, right? So they're not long because there are people walking around. But um, in the prison, um, or jail, I guess, it's tiny. I mean, it's a two-cell, that's it, little jail. It's got grass on the roof. It's like a sod roof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, you'll hear me ask some questions, and hopefully we can catch the responses. Are you a guard or an officer, sheriff? What did you do to get in here? So what it was, was I asked, were you a guard or an officer? And then about five seconds later, you hear... And then I ask, what did you do to get in here? And I think the answer that I got was responding to that previous question. And then you hear in a different voice, yes. So let me play that one more time and then see if you can hear it. Hit me, baby, one more time. Are you a guard or an officer, sheriff? What did you do to get in here? So hopefully at least you caught that last 
Yes, because that one was pretty loud. That's so cool. But very distinct, different oh, yeah. voices. So That's awesome. <laughs> it would yeah. be nice to go back in there right. and investigate more. Oh, that'd be cool. I would love to investigate that place. Yeah. To well, be able to get three EVPs and I'd only recorded for a total of two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too. Like It's like that's six EVPs, seven EVPs, and that's broad daylight. Not yeah. a real investigation going on. No. Other people walking around. Yep. Yeah. So it's definitely an active place. Um, and you got to figure, like I said, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of violence and death and, you know, crazy and all out craziness that went on. So, like, it'd be interesting to see what we actually got for evidence. So Fun stuff. Yeah. We're going to definitely try to book it. Um, it's just a matter of uh, getting a hold of the right people. It's kind of a challenge um, to get a hold of people out there. So... Another interesting fun fact about Bannock that my wife gave us, that one of the first buildings they built is no longer there. It's now the parking lot for the visitor center there, but it was a still, a distillery. <laughs> and that's, well, how, that's how you stay warm at negative 49. You know, right? right? Alcohol. <laughs> priorities. <laughs> so, uh, in your, like, if you get, if you go to Bannock, there's a guidebook that comes, that everybody gets. Um, there's a letter in this guidebook, and I've always found this letter uh, like intriguing. And I'm just going to go through the first part because I think it's, uh, I think it's just absolutely um, interesting to see how people lived back in the 1860s, right? Um, it says, "I've been waiting for an opportunity to send a letter to Salt Lake, or I should have written before. We have to pay a dollar for sending or receiving each letter." I tasted butter for the first time since we came here, and it was a treat. I can I can assure you. But as long as ten, long as it is ten and twelve shillings a pound, I think we shall do without for most of the time. Everything is hot, very high here. Sugar is seventy-five cents a pound. Pork is sixty. Flour from twenty-five to thirty. Nutmeg fifty cents an ounce. Yeah, and back then that that was, was a lot. I mean, a dollar to send or receive mail back then—that's crazy. Yeah. So, what would happen if you had some mail coming to you and you didn't have money to pay for it? That would stink. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> well, yeah, because like it's not uh, like you have telephones and right. But where was it prepaid? No, no, you pay like so. You give the mailman or the the the, the driver or whatever the po- whoever's sending the mail a dollar. And then when you come and get your mail, you give them another dollar to get your mail. Yeah. So it was $2 a letter, essentially, to be paid. Wow. That's crazy. Right? Back then, yeah. Yeah. And butter? Oh. To miss out on butter, 10 and 12 shillings. But real butter. Real butter. They didn't have that crappy margarine back then. (laughs) No. Hey, what's wrong with margarine? I don't like it. Mm-mm. It's just nope. chemicals. We'll, we'll say it this way. They didn't have Chef Chamois garlic butter. Oh. <laughs> or the true. steakhouse butter. That's true. Anyway. They had real butter from a cow. Yeah. Well, those all come from cows still. <laughs> yeah, but it was fresh from the cow. Like, you're talking yeah. about fresh no, churned no butter. No added chemicals. Yeah. And it was hand churned. Yeah. Not, I don't even know how they do it now. In a big machine. You know what would be funny is if you go in there and you see all these little wooden butter churns with the sticks and then robotic arms just going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little bit more do that, sophisticated than that. Do that, do that, do that, that. motion again? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. All right. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to add for Bannock? We've probably been rambling long enough. Not that, other than that, it's an awesome place, and you guys go visit. Go visit. It's $10 a carload. Yep. Not per person, a whole carload. And it's like 15 bucks a bus. Oh, I didn't see anything about buses. Yeah. Yeah, they just wanted your license plate number, and when you go in, it's like, all right, what's your license? What, can you tell us about your car? All right. 10 bucks. Here's yeah. your book. Yep. Have a good day. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it's dog friendly, too. Though. Yes. Take our little dog around with us everywhere. It is dog friendly. I didn't see one rattlesnake, although there were signs. Yeah. Well, somebody had spotted one that day, right? Yeah. 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 I, mean, I didn't spot look, one. Look, they're going to be out there, but. Dog didn't find it. Rattlesnakes are shy creatures anyway. Like, they're going to go hide, they're going to stay away from you. Um, and most people who get bit step on them. So just don't, one, don't let your kids go running off in this place and so into the, that into the being weeds. That said, nighttime when it gets quiet and when it gets cool and the stakes come out. So then you, you want to go trump around and go investigate? Yep. Then what stay you, on the main walkways yeah. and stuff. Oh, then what you do is you go at you go in the winter. That's true. We did uh, I mean we saw a big well, decent sized rattlesnake. I don't say big out at uh, the Merker Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Almost <laughs> stepped right on it. You've heard these These guys have heard the story. Yeah. We'll save it for another time for the show, but we appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, if you like us, tell your friends, tell your family. If you don't like us, still tell your friends, tell your family. Absolutely. Uh, check us out on uh, social media. We've got a Facebook page called Cold Spot Paranormal Research. We have another Facebook page called Paranormal Peace Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the Paranormal. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he was pointing at Lisa. She's a rubberized one. I'm done. <laughs> It's uh, cold spot underscore paranormal underscore research. Check us out there. There's also a YouTube page. Yep, cold spot paranormal research. Which we we need to get some more stuff on the YouTube. We're we gonna do. we're gonna have some videos coming up. Uh, I'm gonna do some walkthrough videos of uh, Bannock so you guys can see that. Yeah, I'll also post some pictures on the cold spot uh, Facebook page too. Absolutely, of Bannock. So next time, I think we'll be talking something about just be close to Halloween. We'll talk about some Halloweeny stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Or we might be after Halloween. I don't even know. We don't know. It's going to be in the ether. In the ether. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.